In the name of the one true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. One of the beautiful things about the Bible is that it's full of imagery, of symbolism, of comparisons and contrasts. Literary devices that help us to see Jesus and ourselves with clarity. Never is that more present than in today's story in the healing of the one who is called blind Bartimaeus. To see it, we need to set this reading in its canonical context. In Mark's gospel, this story is the last miracle that Jesus performs before his triumphal entry. And it comes soon after the story about the rich young ruler and the question asked by James and John that we saw last week. For sake of comparison, when blind Bartimaeus presents himself and his concern to Jesus, Jesus says to him the same thing that he had said to James and John. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And in this, we learn something about God straight away. That God loves us, that God cares about us, and that God delights to hear from us. Anytime, anywhere, and anything that we are willing to bring to him, no matter how wrongheaded or trivial that thing may be. And this is important because in a world where so many are afraid to take their questions and concerns to God because they're afraid that he might do something to them like lightning bolts and thunder, we Christians are able to offer comfort and consolation to those people who are living in fear. Well, we don't believe in that kind of God either. Jesus is ready and willing and eager to hear anything and everything we have to say anytime and anywhere. After all, he tells us, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And then there are the contrasts. The contrast between blind Bartimaeus specifically and the rich young ruler. Again, these contrasts help us to see Jesus and his relentless love for us. And by observing these contrasts, we see a little bit of ourselves as well. We also will see the freedom of choice that God gives each of us to follow him or not. Because after all, the very nature of love implies the freedom to choose. And whether we like to admit it or not, we are all serving someone or something. So will we choose to serve the God who gave his life to save us from sin and death? Or will we choose to serve ourselves and the idols of this world who can neither help us nor save us in the things that really matter? So now let's see how this unfolds as we compare and contrast this blind Bartimaeus with the rich young ruler. One obvious contrast is, of course, the social status. The rich young ruler, we are told, had great possessions, and with his prosperity came prominence and position and power, and yet, yet he still came to Jesus. The Bible says, specifically seeking 
salvation. Teacher, what must I do to be saved? In spite of all of his material possessions, he knew deep down inside that spiritually he was lacking something. And what's more, he knew that he didn't have the power within himself to save himself. Conversely, blind Bartimaeus was a beggar. We are told that Jesus found him sitting beside the road, and this was his lot in life. Day after day, week after week, year after year, begging those who had to do for him what he could not do for himself. To provide for his basic necessities like food and clothing and shelter. And we have to wonder how many people we've encountered like that in our lives. People who make their bed under a bridge. People who hold up signs of desperation on the side of the road. Those who for one reason or another have found themselves at the bottom of the ladder of life. Those who for one reason or another are simply dependent upon others in ways that many of us will never know in our own lives. Another contrast has to do with names. We're never told the name of the rich young ruler, but to be fair, we're not told the names of most of the people who received miracles in the Bible. We're told about the woman at the well, the man who was possessed by a demon, the widow's son, or Jairus' daughter, to name a few. Yet Mark tells us the name of this blind beggar, or at least his lineage, he's called Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus means son of Timothy. Timothy is a Greek or a Gentile name, meaning one who is highly prized of God. This, of course, symbolizes the inclusion of the Gentiles in God's plan of salvation, that the gospel is for every tongue, tribe, and nation, that the salvation of God is available to anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. More especially, Naming him substantiates the dignity of this marginalized man. He is not just another faceless, nameless person that we see on the side of the road. This man matters to Jesus, just as everyone matters to Jesus. And now perhaps the most obvious contrast is the contrast of sight. We don't know whether or not the rich young ruler had seen any of the miracles that Jesus had performed. It's hard to believe that he didn't see any of them. But the point is that he certainly had the opportunity to see them for himself. And more especially, he could certainly see the effects of those miracles. A demoniac who was restored to his right mind. A leper who had been cleansed. And a couple of people here and there, just for good measure, who had been raised from the dead. Moreover, this rich young ruler could see the glory of God in creation for himself. The mountains, the valleys, the rivers, the streams, the ocean, the sun, the moon, the stars, the plants, and the animals. And yet, as we know, for all of his earthly wealth, he couldn't make any of this. Not one of those things could he create out of himself. Now, blind Bartimaeus, he couldn't see any of these things at all. And we don't know whether or not Bartimaeus was born blind, but we can be fairly certain in the scriptures that he had not seen any of these miracles. And here's the point. 
In a materialistic world where for so many, seeing is believing, the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Yes, Jesus gave Bartimaeus back his physical sight. In that miracle, we do indeed rejoice. But what if one day Bartimaeus lost his sight again? Or what if something else went wrong? And what about the ultimate problems of sin and death? Who could save him from those things? So now let's tend to one of the more subtle yet most powerful contrasts in the story it is the contrast of the cloak. The rich young ruler we see had clothed himself in everything that this world has to offer. He was cloaked with money, fame, fortune, position, power, prominence, and his reputation. Yet, as we said, he came to Jesus, specifically seeking salvation. And as we know, in the end, he walked away. He chose to keep his earthly cloaks. He had covered himself so fully with the things of this world that he had blinded himself to his need for Jesus. In fact, after the rich young ruler walked away, even Jesus himself lamented how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier, he said, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. This was so astonishing that it left the disciples wondering, who then can be saved? And Jesus replied, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And of course, he's talking about the glory of the cross. For Jesus had said, when he is high and lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. Blind Bartimaeus, as we have already said, he had no material wealth. But he too had put on a cloak. The Bible says that he had a physical cloak. It protected him from the earthly elements like the cold and the scorching sun and the wind. But blind Bartimaeus also wore a spiritual cloak, didn't he? Just as the rich young ruler wore the prideful cloak of self-indulgence and worldly appetite, blind Bartimaeus wore the spiritual cloak of shame and humiliation and isolation and embarrassment. And my friends, you have met and I have met people who perceive themselves in these ways. I've done too much and it's too bad. God has thrown me away on the side of the road. He doesn't love me, he no longer cares for me, and he wouldn't possibly take me back. And if we're honest, I bet we've all felt that way ourselves. Maybe this morning we feel something like that. So I'm here to tell you that those things are lies. And specifically, they're lies of the devil. Jesus says that the thief and the robber came to steal and to kill and to destroy but Jesus says that he has come that we might have life and have it abundantly. I want to tell you this. Among the worst lies we believe are the ones that tell us we are worthless. Among the worst lies we believe are the ones that tell us we are worthless. That our lives are irredeemable, irreformable, and irreparable 
that who we are and what we do doesn't matter. And that God will no longer listen to us because he no longer cares about us. Here's the deeper lie. The lie that's underneath those lies is when we don't believe that those things come from the devil himself. When we ignore him or pretend that he's not real. You see, it's the devil who casts doubt upon our intrinsic value and worth, and he would love nothing more than to destroy us. That's what Jesus tells us. He's a thief. He's a liar. He comes to rob, to steal, and to destroy. And so, yes, the miraculous part of the story is that Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus, that Bartimaeus was physically blind, And Jesus gave him back his physical sight, reveals to us that Jesus is the Son of God. And he's the only one who's capable of doing those kinds of things. But I think, I think that the compelling part of the story is this. I think that the compelling part of the story is when Jesus notices blind Bartimaeus. When Jesus calls to blind Bartimaeus, when Jesus invites blind Bartimaeus to draw near to him. And when he does, did you notice the response? When Jesus calls to blind Bartimaeus, the Bible says that he jumps up and he throws off his cloak. And that, my friends, is when his story becomes our story. Because not everyone is healed of his or her physical ailments in this life, but our spiritual healing begins when we throw off our cloaks. Whether it's the cloak of pride and a false sense of self-reliance, or it's the cloak of shame that says Jesus wouldn't want someone like me because I've done too much and it's too bad and I'm too embarrassed. Now, here's the last thing. We already saw that the rich young ruler walked away. The Bible said he walked away sorrowful because he had great possessions. He had blinded himself to his need for Jesus, and he remained in bondage to his worldly goods. But notice this. Jesus doesn't coerce him. Jesus doesn't call after him. He doesn't say to the rich young ruler, come back. Let's try that again. He lets him go because, again, that's the nature of love. We don't know the fullness of love unless we have the freedom to choose. And that takes us to the very provocative end of this story for blind Bartimaeus. As Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus, when he restores his sight, this is what he says to him, go your way. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And now can you imagine blind Bartimaeus wrestling with that question? In the inner thoughts of his mind before he makes this decision, surely he's asking himself this. What now is my way? What now is my way? I have asked Jesus to do this thing for me and he has done it. He gave me back my sight. Is there any other way? What other way could possibly be better than the way 
of Jesus Christ who heals us and sets us free. And so what does all of this have to do with stewardship? Again, I'm glad you asked. Because in just a few minutes, our senior warden is going to help us take a look ahead in his stewardship talk. And he's going to envision for us and with us how we can strengthen and widen the proclamation of the gospel right here in the city of Fort Worth, even to the ends of the earth among this group of people who affectionately call ourselves Christ the Redeemer Anglican Church.